Hello and welcome to July's episode of All Things Business, the podcast, where I speak with our guests about all things creative marketing. I ask our guests what campaign they've admired throughout their careers, some of their biggest marketing mistakes, as well as what advice they'd give to anyone working on their own creative marketing campaigns. So thank you both for joining us. Um, To begin, can we just start by introducing ourselves? We'll start with Martin. Yeah, sure. I'm Martin Carmody, um, Managing Director of Stratos Creative. Uh, So it's a recent appointment. Uh, It's very new. Obviously, uh, in the July edition of All Things Business, you can read more. Um, However, over the past year, I've been consulting uh, as a brand consultant, uh, working with various different agencies, teams, brands, businesses in Milton Keynes predominantly, but further afield as well. Um, And yeah, being able to kind of um, reflect on kind of my experience and knowledge and work to date, um, you know, it gave me the opportunity to to, to look at new opportunities. And um, thankfully, um, you know, we found something that uh, definitely uh, supports where I want to be going in my next sort of path, my chapter, but also, um, you know, support the guys in their next wave of agency growth. Fantastic. So congratulations on your new appointment. Thank you very much. It's all right. Um, Rebecca? Uh, yeah, sure. My name is Rebecca Covington. I'm a newly appointed marketing manager for Woodfine Solicitors. We are a full-service legal firm. Uh, we're based in Milton Keynes and uh, Bedford in Cambridge. So, as I said, a fairly new role, although I've been in sort of professional services marketing for about 20 years now. <laughs> Fantastic. Brilliant. So I'm going to start off with a nice easy one, or at least I think it's an easy one. Um, so is there a brand or campaign that you really admire? Yeah, uh, combining the two, um, and there's lots of, you know, you're going to, people probably mention Apple and Nike and, and big brands like that. Um, however, I'd like to mention um, Specsavers. Um, <laughs> and the reason for that is um, the longevity of their, their, their brand, their proposition. Um, they're very clear and concise on who they want to talk to. They haven't changed that too much. I think, um, you know, they've, they've had the campaign of... Um, um, you bet, uh, have you gone to Specsavers for nearly two decades now? They've reinvented it a few times. I think the simplicity of the way they execute their creative and their campaigns is very um, respected and it's essentially become a bit of a household name because of that. Um, the other thing is their um, out of home um, approach to things, you know, billboards, um, not just on social, but actually taking a holistic view of their marketing as well. Um, simplicity is at the core of everything they do uh, and that's the clever part really so yeah for me um, you know a brand like Specsavers to be still on the retail um, high street market um, you know through Covid as well that's that's a real sort of testament of, of the strength of their brand. Um, I would definitely agree with that I think was it Specsavers that did the billboard that they'd mm. made to look like it was come crashing down it was like should have yeah, gone Specsavers. Yeah, yeah exactly that's and, and that's that's the clever part you know they're yeah. they're, they're pulling on on the rationale and the reasons why people would, uh, you know, shop at Specsavers and, um, you know, those, those fundamental uh, pain points that people have. So it's just a clever way of kind of tuning it all back into um, their brands. So, yeah, that's that's why I mentioned Specsavers. Brilliant. And Rebecca? Well, I've got a couple. Fantastic. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, the, I suppose, the sensible one, which is uh, Deloitte's. 
uh, accountancy. They're, I love their branding. It's really simple. Um, they use their, their green dot a lot. So anytime you see any kind of advertising from them, you know instantly it's Deloitte's. Um, I also think the way that as a professional services firm, they've embraced social media is really good because they use it predominantly or it appears to be predominantly for their recruitment. And they've got a massive sort of recruitment for, for women drive going on at the moment, which is going across various social channels. And um, again, whenever you see those those uh, adverts come up in your feed, they're instantly recognisable and done in a very, what I would call, very sort of brand and classy sort of way. They're, they're a huge firm, so, I, you know, most people have heard of them. So I like the way that they're using various channels to sort of promote other things that they're doing. So their recruitment, their CSR, their ESG sort of uh, philosophies and ideas. And then the fun one, I suppose, not saying Deloitte's aren't fun. Um, I was thinking about campaigns that have always sort of stuck with me. And um, it's a really old one, uh, Guinness. I don't know if you remember um, the surfer Mm-hmm. advert mm-hmm. with the, the horses coming mm-hmm. and that the music was really emotive and I think that's the first time that I've sort of seen a campaign I thought yeah I want to I want to try that I mean this is this is Guinness this is this is a brand that really needed uplifting mm-hmm. and I thought that was just a brilliant way of, of putting it together and making me want to try a drink that <laughs> I have to say I'm not really very keen on but people were yeah. you know, drinking it they were moved by it and um, they, I think they They've always been very clever with their advertising. I haven't seen much to date. You probably you may correct me on that one, but there's nothing that's stuck with me recently. No, they've done. I, you know, they, they, they are still um, there are still campaigns out there. There's a lot lighter touch, but um, I, I think through COVID, there's there's been a lot of brands that have kind of paused and stopped and regrouped yeah. and mm. um, reflected on kind of what they've done in the past, but now what they should be doing in the future. Um, but yeah, it's um, Guinness is an interesting one because um, you know I, I kind of look around um, some of the um, establishments that you know we visit at weekends, and actually it's quite a pred- predominant brand still. It, it's, yeah. it's still there. Um, they made it it's, fashionable. It's, it's back. It's fashionable. It had a really yeah, yeah. They yeah. did make it fashionable. It's it's definitely a, a more fashionable brand, and you do see you know the younger audience and purchasing it. Um, which, yeah, exactly, years ago, it used to be very much a slightly older proposition, I suppose. Um, and also, I always like the way, um, I believe it was, I suspect it's Kellogg's Cocoa Pops did this as well, where you turn something that could be perceived as, as slight negative and putting it into a positive. In the case of Guinness's, you know, they did a lot of campaigns with you have to wait mm. for it. And, you know, normally that that probably be quite annoying, mm. but they, they sort of use that as a positive. Mm. Again, a sort of a quality message, you know, mm. it's, it's good to wait for something. It's worth the wait, mm. I think was actually one of the taglines at one point. Yeah. And with the, the Cocoa Pops, I remember as a child thinking it's really annoying that the, bra- the milk goes brown, but then they turned it into, well, it's chocolatey milk. Yeah. You know, and I, I always think that there is some marketing person somewhere saying, well, how can we turn this into something positive and make mm. it, a, you know, a really nice message? Mm. And I like that. I always think that's very clever. Mm, that, that sort of dwell time on a brand, you know, um, you mentioned Guinness and the poor and, you know, the settle, settlement yeah. of, of, of the head and, you know, that experience. But, you know, the other one is, is Apple. You know, when you open an Apple product, you know, there's that dwell time on the box vacuum opening and, you know, it's all there. It's all considered. It's yeah. it's there for a purpose. It's, 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 anticipation. It's, a, it's anticipation. It's pent up excitement. But when you get there, it's going to be quite special. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. So you've kind of mentioned B2C and B2B brands there, I noticed. 
Do you think it's more difficult as a B2B marketer to create these noticeable campaigns, these campaigns people remember? Because when you do kind of quickly try and think them on the top of your head, I think I would assume it's mostly B2C that comes to mind. Things like your Cocoa Pops and your Guinness and so on and so forth. Do you think it's more difficult as a B2B campaign? It's There is opportunity to be creative depends on I mean I work in house so it depends on how receptive your your sort of managing directors are for you know sort of creativity um there's obviously the the audience is slightly different as well so you can't go too crazy with the creativity but I do I have had fun in the past with thinking slightly differently in how we market ourselves and how we position ourselves um as one example I worked for a property firm many years ago and we were doing an exhibition and it was a case of well what you know what can we do that's going to be a little bit different here and um it was for um an industrial shed show it was called the shed show many years ago so we basically built the inside of a shed and made it into a a bar as well with sort of pallets and and that was really good fun working on that and um sort of bringing it to life and just thinking that a little bit differently yeah i think um there's definitely creativity in B2B opportunities. Um, you know, I'm just trying to wrap my brains as to a good example. I've done quite a lot of work in the coffee world. So, um, you know, uh, coffee roasters selling direct to supermarkets, wholesalers, contract caterers. Um, you know, how do you position it? How do you stand out from the crowd? I think there's quite a crowded um, market. And obviously having a, a product you're selling to a business, it needs to step slightly aside or slightly different or take a slightly different approach to 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 the next one um but there's definitely opportunity um i think speaking specifically to a core demographic is obviously the key there and making sure that whichever business it is or whatever business wants to attract a certain demographic or audience that it's really getting to them and it's really clear and concise messaging um but yeah i I think there's probably bigger creative opportunities with b2c but there's definitely Mm -hmm. More, just as much with B2B, just a slightly different approach. So if you can find the creative um, aspect of it, then you've got the potential to create something special. You can do. Um, and again, um, it wasn't me that came up with this idea. I really wish we did. Um, I had rather. Uh, again, at the property firm, we um, on the residential side, we sent everybody socks. Um, and they were just simple red socks. And to this day, if I mention the firm that I worked for, people still say, oh, yeah, the socks. You sent those. Oh. And I might be reusing that. <laughs> <laughs> don't blame you if it works. Don't yes, it it fix it. it so again, opportunity just to be that little bit more creative. It's, yes, it's fun. I, I think there's definitely, you know, in certain sectors, there's preconceived ideas of what you're going to see and how you're going to receive it and what you might do with it. But exactly that kind of tactic, you know, where you can kind of, turn somebody's head by doing something slightly different and oh okay didn't realize you would take this approach to your marketing um that's the key thing and where it becomes clever the medigold health group is one of the uk's most trusted occupational health and well-being providers helping businesses to keep their people in work safe and well for over two decades delivering services including absence management employee screening and mental health and wellbeing programs to more than 2,500 clients looking after 3 million individual employees. 
twice winners of the Big Business of the Year Award at the Northamptonshire Business Excellence Awards, Medigold Health are redefining corporate healthcare through their commitment to clinical quality and technological innovation and supporting businesses of all sizes to succeed in achieving their workplace wellbeing goals. Do either of you ever take inspiration from competitors marketing? And this yeah. is going to, yeah. <laughs> All the time. Why not? <laughs> yes. um, yeah, I think insight, research, mm. what's working, what's not working, who's doing what, where. It's really, really important. We're never going to kind of admit we're going to be copying things. <laughs> and that's not what we're here for. We're here to creatively think and um, we're here to kind of make a difference to whatever business we're working with. But certainly, you know, we should absorb as much as we can. Um, you know, and that comes from a creative side as well, even if it's traveling on the tube to London and you see <laughs> different adverts on, on, on the tube or, um, you know, billboards at the stations, you know, all of that creative um, insight that you can receive just from being in and around other things is, is really, really important to the thinking that you do for your clients. It all, all sort of um, it assists, it, it aids what you're doing. Um, I'm always looking at what other people are doing and, and quite often saying, that that's nice. Yeah, I like that. I like the way that they've upped their game. And it sort of pushes you to think, right, now we need to be thinking more along these lines or, or doing something a little bit differently. And I mean, there's, you know, the reverse is looking at some things thinking, hmm, that's not quite hit the mark there. I can see where they're trying to go, but I don't, I think they've lost sight of their particular message. Um, you know, that's really important, sort of keeping, keeping sight of what you're actually trying to achieve and the messages and then getting drawing inspiration from other people. If something is done, like a beautiful piece of design, you know, quite often I look at a sort of bit of packaging or something or, or a folder that somebody's got for me from a competitor and it's a, that's tactile, you know, I think, oh, this is lovely, you know, and sort of, yeah, draw inspiration from it mm. rather than sitting there thinking, hmm, wish I thought of it. Yeah, and for, for me, it's about recognising that talent as well. You know, we, long, day, long have gone the days of, you know, being um, really quite... Um, uh, you know, negative about others mm. for no reason. I think we need to embrace people's creativity, and I think you know we should take that um, that, that those things we see and, and those things we hear and the way they do it, deliver it and, and take them on board. And um, I, don't, I just don't think that there's, um, there's there's room anymore to have a big ego about this. I think it's about um, you know really recognizing people's talent and and taking that on into other areas that that you may be working in. Interesting. So you're kind of saying there about how things have moved on. I would say mm. in marketing as well, over the last 10, 20 years, they've, things have changed entirely. And one of those things is the fact you've got your digital marketing where everything is right in front of you as soon as it happens, breaking news. Um, that being said, um, how far in advance should people plan their marketing, bearing in mind you have to consider your proactive marketing and your reactive marketing nowadays? Again, it all depends on the business, it all depends on the capacity. Um, all depends on the setup um, and budget. Um, however, uh, you know, ideally, we would like to be planning uh, quarterly. And what the way to do it that I think is most efficient is to plan quarterly um, the standard stuff, I call it. So the stuff that we know that's coming up. We know that there's going to be a certain day in the year or there's a certain... Um, thing going on in the business or as a certain bit of recognition for anybody in the industry but then there does need to be that reactive piece as well 
um, and drip feed that and have someone on the ground to be able to manage that. I think that's the key thing. Um, and in my experience, um, you know, there's a lot of businesses that don't have that um, on tap, should we say. So I think it's um, pivotal that there's a mix um, where there's a scheduled um, plan, a strategic scheduled plan based on objectives of the business. Mm -hmm. But then there is very much a reactive piece as well. And it needs to be the right reactive and again, set by a strategic objective, but um, I'd say a mix of the both. But ideally, yeah, you'd, you'd want to be planning um, a, a few months ahead. Otherwise you'll always be kind of shoot from the hip and you know, you, you have to have that thinking time when you're marketing a business. Very similar. Um, the, the strategic marketing plan has to obviously enhance and complement the, the business strategy. So the main elements or the, the key services that perhaps you're going to be focusing on for the next year, I would say you need a good six months to a year to sort of implement any particular plan. But then, of course, we do also have to be reactive and reactive in a way that I think you've, you've said this as well, that's, that sort of sticks to key messages and keeps it focused. So, so you avoid a sort of scattergun approach of, oh, that looks good. Let's do that. And, that, you know, I, I, I'm really against that kind of approach. Just keep sort of methodical, have a plan. And if something, an opportunity arises and it's actually fitting with what you're trying to do, then, yeah, react. But again, you, you sort of said it's, it's sort of key to that is having people on the ground that can react that quickly because mm. you know you're usually so bogged down in, in doing say the the broader picture stuff mm. it is nice to then have a team to sort of mm. say right pick that up and mm. run with it so do you think sometimes the ability to do that can depend on resource mm. absolutely yes otherwise you do you do miss opportunities if you don't have proper resourcing yeah and it can be really damaging doing the wrong things at the wrong yeah. time yeah uh, yeah i was about to say that do you think sometimes reactive marketing can be a risky um chance to take yeah as we've just discussed i think there needs to be a, an overarching strategic marketing goal objective plan um if anything outside of that that doesn't resonate with the core objectives of that plan it needs to be questioned yeah and it needs to be managed properly and the last thing you want to be doing is i said earlier shooting from the hip and just kind of jumping on the bandwagon because it's there mm. um there needs to be a purpose um behind everything you're doing as a brand or because your competitor's doing it. You yes. know, someone is yes. coming to you and saying, well, they're doing it. Why aren't we there? Well, because it's not fitting yeah. what our plan is or focus is for the next year. So we will consider it. Mm. <laughs> and if it sits alongside the plan for the future, then yes, we'll explore that. Mm. It's, it's being sort of systematic about it and taking a um, not careful, because you do have to be reactive as well, but a considered approach mm. with your marketing. Okay, on the topic of taking chances, what would you say the biggest marketing mistake you've ever made is? My biggest marketing mistake was down to data. So uh, having a startup business in 2012, I didn't appreciate how important marketing data was for the growth of my business. So we used to market ourselves and we used to do quite a bit, um, whether it was from uh, a CSR point of view or whether it was within the culture of the business, whether it was promoting the client work we did, whatever it might have been, but we didn't have the resource um, or capability in-house to measure and analyze that data. Um, so that is from a, from a inside out perspective, that's from within my own business. Um, these days, you know, there's a lot of 
<clears throat> opportunity now to capture a lot more data and they're, and they're analyzing it and making sure again if you've got the capacity and the people to do that that that's when it becomes really really powerful but um yeah i think the thing for me is that informative information to make sure what you're doing is a you're going to hit the mark it's hitting a mark or what's what which way can we change or twist or turn to make sure it does hit the mark uh, and i think those those things can be analyzed um if you've got really solid and robust data um, mine was a, um, a a proofing <laughs> incident where we'd had, well, it was a campaign to promote um, a payroll service and we were sending out, um, this shows again how long ago this was, um, pay slips. Well, yeah. they looked like pay slips. So the idea was that they were going to go through people's doors and, you know, like, oh, okay, this is nice. Um, and it's a simple thing. There was a spelling mistake on it. And it wasn't until um, one of the, the ladies were doing the franking that they noticed it. I was like, oh, my God. So my uh, so we had it reprinted and resent. And um, the, the, the boxes of um, wasted uh, card basically sat under my desk as a footrest for, for quite a while because I just didn't have the heart to sort of throw them away. It felt awful. But, yeah, that was a, a definite heart-sinking moment one not to be repeated, so I proof, proof, and proof again now. It's always good to learn from the mistakes. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I, I get anybody who's walking by, check this now, just to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. So um, for anyone listening to this that's about to embark on their first campaign, what advice would you give to them? Um, plan properly. Mm. So reflect on your business, the core objectives of the business, the overarching strategy of the business, then position the brand in the right place. Make sure you understand your audience, your target market. And that's driven by the people that you're trying to talk to rather than the owners of the business. Um, again, in my experience, um, some businesses sometimes approach things because they think they need to approach it that way. So actually listening to consumers and um, you know taking focus group information and really sort of becoming entrenched in actually what the end consumer needs rather than what the business needs is really, really important. And then planning a strategic marketing plan around that. Um, and as we've kind of already talked about, you know, making sure there is a robust plan, you've got the people in the business to deliver it or an agency um, and stick to it. Um, analyze the data as you go along and then adjust if you need to. But you know, nine times out of 10, if you've got your core objectives of your business and you know what you're talking about and how you wanna articulate it and how you wanna sound and how you wanna look and feel, then you should hopefully be on quite a, a, a good path to success. So uh, keep it simple, know your audience, um, understand what you're trying to do, what messages you're trying to convey and stick to it and make sure that it's it's done uh, well and don't keep all your, your eggs in one basket. Basically utilize the full marketing mix as well, I would definitely recommend.